0: I mentioned this on my last episode, so I started doing the intro. I used to do it post, so after I was done, I would do it. You'd,
1: uh, like, slice it in? Slice it in. All right.
0: And now, I just programmed it in here. Perfect. And this is just so much easier, and then I could just do, like, any ads. Like, you know, one, sure. one of the sponsors is Ride Clean, which I'll get you a bottle. That's my product. Absolutely. Um, you know, and um, anyways, that's it. Fantastic. Um, this thing. Yes. The phone... Design, Samson, everything about it's freaking amazing. It's great. Freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, I was using it, but uh, as a secondary line. Right. And, and I used it consistently. But then I switched it over to uh, Mint Mobile. You okay. Know, okay. They, they hit me up and they're like, hey, we have a promo. 90 bucks, unlimited everything for six months. Okay. I was like, all right, cool. So I sign up and uh, I had Google, you know, Google Fi before that. Yeah. Uh, so then I switch over, and the, nothing's working. And I hit them up, and I go, hey, what's going on, guys? And they're like, uh, what do you mean what's going on? Like, look, the phone's not working. I have an unlimited plan. It's not working. It's a secondary line. It's not that big of a priority, but, like, what's happening? Okay. And they're like, let's go to your settings. So they say, oh, you have it on, on uh, 3G, 5G. I okay. go, yeah, that's what the world's running on. And they're like, oh, you can't do that with our service. I go, what do you mean? Yeah, because where you live... I you know I live in Studio City in the middle of L A. Right. They go where you live is uh, there's only two G available, so you have to go to settings and do two G only. I'm like, what? Two so, G is like at least five years old. It, it's at gotta least. be old. At least, you know, at least that's very in other countries. Yeah, in developing countries, <laughs> they're using two G. I think no, no, it's five years old in developing oh, okay, countries. Okay, hear you. Know? you. So. That's it. I, nothing worked. I never got text messages. I wouldn't get images. I not, Nothing. Because
1: was, the phone is built for 5G and 4G. Yeah. I think that's the problem with the compatibility. If yeah. it was a phone from five years ago, it would work much better.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So then, because I wasn't getting messages or calls or I had to be outside, I just never used the phone and I really just stopped using it. That's too bad. Um, I love
1: it. I love it. I yeah. love watching like uh, because you know i youtube work, yeah i work in kitchens and whatever so um if i even a recipe or whatever i just have it sitting like this i take a look i see what's going on and uh it's fantastic i love it yeah. you don't need to lean it on anything it's also compact also the issue with breaking the glass even though samsung's almost never break compared to iPhones in terms of glass.
0: Ooh, fighting words.
1: No, well, I see oh, yeah. all these iPhones. with. Well, maybe because there's more iPhones. Yeah. Even though, from what I know, Samsung uh, is, not Samsung, but the, uh, yeah, Samsung sells more phones uh, internationally Worldwide. all over the world. Worldwide. But, um, so being closed like this, you'll never, ever have to worry about breaking breaking the glass. So it's great. Yeah, and, and I,
0: I love the wind on the front. Yeah, it's you great. Know, you, you can just see your messages. You real can quick. see, yeah, just browse without without want. being intrusive. Of like, hold on, let me look at exactly. my phone. Exactly, kind of looks like you're just looking at time. You can even
1: do your tap. You know your um, your your payment. Yeah, just like this with the f- with the yeah. thumbprint and, and just then done. Boop. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's a, it works. A, it's a great idea. Yeah,
0: it's, it's I'm a not great idea. Uh, I think when Apple comes out with one like this, yes. it's gonna be fuck. Because that's that's the that's the dilemma for for Apple users, it, right? It's the operating system. It's 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 this hooking up to my MacBook. It's this hooking right. up to my iPad. It's this hooking up to like everything. My Apple Watch. Yeah, you know. So so yeah, uh, environment. This had the Apple environment or yeah. operating system. Yeah. Oh my god, this would be so fucking. This would be insane.
1: It <laughs> would it would be a big seller. I use uh, Apple products as well. I use an iPad, and I've always used since probably 2002 i've switched over from pc to mac in terms of my laptop but um the phone i've always kept as an android yeah and it doesn't i mean the environments don't really blend but i never now that uh you know itunes is kind of dead um that was the big problem in the beginning in the mid 2000s was integrating the itunes with the um and With the Samsung, and it was impossible, and it was bad. But now, it, there's nothing really that I can use, you know. But,
0: but, but what do you mean um, iTunes is dead?
1: Well, iTunes in terms of being the library for everybody's music. Mm, uh, uh, that was the library of, of choice. There was really not much choice at the true. time. And now everything is just sitting in your phone on your hardware. You have all your music. Or you can go through stre- streaming, right, through Spotify. Or um, there used to be Pandora. other Pandora. Yeah. There was also Google Music for a while. I don't think that exists anymore. I'm not even sure. But now uh, I don't even store music anymore. You know, now I just stream music. Um, and I don't even need to use Spotify or any other um, any other uh, apps. I just go to YouTube or, you know do a playlist let it play let people choose it but i guess it's because i use a lot i listen to a lot less music than i used to i used to listen to music hours a day and now i listen to podcasts hours a day so
0: yeah i I do do the same thing yeah i almost never listen to music no just just like when i'm lifting weights like when i have to count reps or sets or something Mm -hmm. you know i i have to count but as soon as uh as soon as I'm out of that. It's it's podcast driving, podcast writing, podcast walking.
1: Everything. I cook. I mean, I work sometimes in a space for 14, 15, 16 hours. And I have very few breaks.
0: Let's jump into that. Yeah. How how do you introduce yourself? Uh, What do you do? Okay.
1: Well, my name is Amira. And I am a private chef here in Los Angeles. I started out as just a grunt uh, after cooking school in 94. And I worked on my way up to what I do now, which is, uh, generally speaking, work for ultra high net worth people and uh, in their homes. Um, That's it, really. I've been freelancing mostly since I got here in November. I'm Canadian. I emigrated in November uh, as an alien with extraordinary ability, which makes me very proud. And all based on my work. Thank you. It's very rare for a professional cook, for a chef, to get that designation, so it's really great. That's amazing. And as soon as I got it, I gave my wonderful boss, private client in Toronto, I gave him a couple of months' notice. Shout out to Steven. Stephen. <laughs> yeah, he's great. And uh, so I gave him two months' notice. I trained a new chef, and I set up my life to, to go, and I, I had my eye on California for years and years, because I was here in 2006- uh with Cirque du Soleil I was head chef on tour for them for five years
0: that's beautiful
1: so I came here to California with them for a number of months
0: and with you ditched them you're like I'm staying
1: with my first motorcycle that I that I got in Texas because everybody at Cirque a bunch of people at Cirque got their licenses in Texas because it's so easy it takes one day
0: I never rode a bike in my life really so yep. Yeah. You, you, you even you weren't even a citizen no And you could just get a license and...
1: Yeah, you can get a license because I had a... um, Texas. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you, Texas. So a bunch of us, I think it was six or seven of us got licenses in Texas. And then I bought my bike in Texas. And I followed the circus with the bike. And we got to California. I crossed the Rockies, which I'm a brand new rider. I had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely no idea. You're brave. That's what they tell me, but I didn't see it like that at the time. But uh, it was unreal. And you're very limited in time. Yeah, Because if it's more than 700 miles, you have two days. If it's less than 700 miles, you have one day. Because the trucks arrive and you have to start working. So everybody flies. Yeah, um, I rode, you know, I did. There was
0: nobody saying, hey, hey, hey don't, don't do that. What the yes. fuck are you doing? Yeah, What tour, are you doing? You, tour if anything goes director, wrong. Yeah. yeah.
1: She was a rider, her and her husband. She was one of the managing directors of the show. And uh, she was great. Everybody packed their bikes and shipped them uh because they worked an extra day compared to me i would finish on you know saturday slash sunday at six in the morning finish my cleaning and uh, they would have that extra sunday and they would have to start on tuesday so they would not be able to ride but i could ride as a kitchen manager so i just said i'm gonna do it i mapped it out there was no gps there was no nothing at the time i i wrote everything on paper and
0: taped it to the tank Wait, what, what do you mean what do what, what we talk about
1: when? Yeah. This was 2006, 2007. 2006. I didn't have <laughs> I mean there were right. no phones. it was yeah.
0: MapQuest.
1: Yeah, but I didn't even have any kind of uh any kind of hardware or anything. Um, That's and so crazy, I had no huh? idea what I was doing.
0: iPhone was introduced in 2007. Yeah. So all uh, there was, were no
1: smartphones. We had the yeah, Motorola the Razer.
0: There was the Trio, but it sucked.
1: Was that a smartphone? Was that like with a?
0: At that time, yeah. it was it was actually the first touchscreen and qwerty keyboard. Okay. So you don't remember the Trio? No. It was so fucking cool. It had all the potential, but but Apple came out the next year and with blew something it out better. The water. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, we had. Uh, Black we batteries. had our iPods. And, uh, I remember we all had iPods and, uh, but we had for the circus, we were given Motorola razors. I remember. And those are manual phones. Those are, you know, those are not smartphones.
0: Did you, did you see the, uh, do you recall? I'm sure you saw it, but it's been so long, but do you recall when Steve Jobs introduced the uh, iPhone? I do. I remember that. He was like, we made a device that you can call. And listen to your music. It was all about the music. <gasps> yeah. It w- it was because
1: iPods a, were the a, biggest a, thing. I was on my like fourth iPod by that time. Yeah. And that was a big deal because, okay, call's cool. You mean I can also listen to my music without a separate piece of hardware? Yeah. Yeah. The iPods were huge. Everybody had them. They started out super thick, I remember, and they ended up being like paper thin.
0: I miss those. The I things. still have it's mine. Not, and I you?
1: yep. I started it up. I ordered a cable. Uh, a cable that fit the bigger one the big white cable i nice. ordered it i loaded it up that's and cool. i just a couple of months ago i found it in my stuff and uh, it's still there it's crazy it's funny
0: it's funny it's
1: funny yeah I but uh, so that's it so i uh so you were riding I you was just riding, wrote down your directions wrote down the directions you don't know what's going on with traffic you don't know what's going on with uh construction um, i have no idea where i am um, I've never ridden a motorcycle in my life. I'm riding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles.
0: So one day very of fa- training,
1: one day of training. Yep. But
0: You've driven stick shift before. Yes. So you, I drive stick. The mechanical. Okay. Yeah. So and the, I'm the, good
1: the, mechanically. Right, right. Right. I think compared to a lot of people.
0: And then you just started racking in miles. Yep. Did you post it to your Instagram and Facebook? There was I'm no, kidding. Uh, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> well, Facebook was just starting. Yeah. At Facebook that time. started like
0: 2004. I think they went public. Because remember, it was like university yeah. stuff. I think
1: we started two thousand seven. There, are,
0: yeah. started Yeah, started two thousand four. I
1: think we started like right, I started privately. But two thousand
0: seven, they opened it f- to the public. Yeah, because it was MySpace before that.
1: Yeah, MySpace, Friendster, but Cpixel.
0: Was it Cpixel? I don't know. There's another one that was kind of gangster. I don't remember. You
1: know? I wasn't even. I tried MySpace C-Pix or something. But MySpace, my I was in a in a weird chat group at the time, and I was hacked. By one of the crazy members of the chat, and uh, I said, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dump this my st- space stuff. I don't, you know, I'm not into it. But the thing is that I did take some pictures because I had to take it. I had a regular camera at the time. Yeah. We had no camera phones, so you know, uh, I have like 20 minutes to stop. I can grab a coffee. I can fill my tank. I I would perch the f- the, f- the camera like on a railing, stand there with the bike, take the picture, and go. So there are some pictures from. Like maybe ten or fifteen pictures. Tex. I did Texas to Columbus, then I did Columbus to Denver, then I did Denver to Seattle. Uh Seattle to Portland. No, no, Denver. Denver to Los Angeles, then Los Angeles. Lo- that was crazy. Yeah, that was insane. I had to. What, what was the cross, time, What was the
0: time frame? Like you did um, this in like uh, six la- months and.
1: Uh, Oh, uh, every three, every two and a half months.
0: Every two and a half months you're traveling, and I would tell myself, "little break."
1: And I'll say, "I'm never going to do this again." Because you arrive, you're like a crazy person. You're crying, you know. I mean, it's just the trauma. There's, (laughs) I mean, it sounds crazy, but you're doing it in like between twelve and uh, Mm -hmm. between twelve and twenty two hours, depending on the trip. And yeah. you can't stop. It's not like you can stop. Like when I was riding through, when I was crossing. And you don't know where
0: the fuck you're going. I you have no idea. And mentally, the mental stress of like, if something happens.
1: And you don't, you're not technically a good rider. You don't okay. understand the physics of the road yet. Like Texas to Columbus, I didn't know that Texas was a truck route. Basically, 90% of the time, I was boxed in by trucks.
0: I, I, I know you mentioned this. What was the bike?
1: It was a Honda Shadow Aero 750.
0: Wow. And I installed
1: a, ba- a back um, rest because then I did end up having a back operation, but this is before that. So I had a lot of um, lower back pain. Yeah. You know, years and years and years of, of handling heavy, heavy things in kitchens, you know, 80 pound bags of potatoes, racks of chickens. I mean, your back gets destroyed. So I knew that without the back rest, I'd have to. So I installed the back rest, which was great. And I was just, you know.
0: Yeah, and the reason I bring it up is because the other factor is, is the technology of motorcycles. Yes. The suspension's different. The motor's running different. The handling's different. The braking is different. Yes. The acceleration's different. Like, there's so many things that, like, I, I was catching up with some buddies of mine, and we were talking about, that I haven't ridden what these guys like in 15 years, and then we're, we're, we're riding, and I take them out, and they haven't been out riding in a while. And they're looking at all these custom bikes and all these parts and all these things. And they're like, dude, this is crazy. Because yeah. even for like Harley Davidson 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there wasn't that many custom companies right. the way there is today. And, and how advanced these motorcycles are. You know, air yeah. coolers, water coolers. Like it's just. Carbon fiber. ABS. Everything
1: has been. Yeah, ABS. This is the first time now with my Guzzi. Yeah. It's the first time I am I have ABS. Which is interesting. Game changer. Yeah, it's it's really different. I now. can't
0: ride a bike without it. Yeah. And when it was introduced, all the old timers were like, fuck this. Yeah. You know, because we were used to pumping the brakes and right. controlling our skids. Right. And, you know, that's the way to do it. They're like, yeah. now? forget it." It's good to know it. Yeah.
1: You know? But uh, having this security is, is pretty good. No, but mm-hmm. but it's become a huge market as well. That's why. I mean, people have, you know, woken up to... You know, companies have woken up to what a massive market this is. It's a lifestyle market. Yeah. It's not just a technical market. So that's a huge thing. Especially with the whole uh, custom retro stuff, um, you know, starting in the, I would say, early, mid-2000s, when everybody started getting vintage bikes. And then they saw, wow, we can sell clothes, we can sell you know, we can do yeah, everything. Gear,
0: even gears. The been- gear,
1: the add-ons, the customization, the paint, the the pinstriping, everything, and it becomes huge. And then it trickles onto into other types of bikes, than the sports bikes, and you know, um, just everything. Yeah,
0: performance. Yeah. Um, talking about the circus this Soleil. Yes. Um, how how was it working with them? Are are they? Cause they're they're a sp- special unique breed of people they are they're talented and they are and and, and you you, have to
1: be a vagabond in a way too
0: yeah exactly and you and and it's very physically and mentally fucking are they are they cool are they crazy are they wild you know everybody
1: everybody's an individual we had on my last tour i did i went i was on two different shows there were like 24 different nationalities so there's a lot of culture clashing. There are people who are like, you know, maybe a little bit uh, not friendly. The, the countries aren't always friendly. Uh, we had Chinese, uh, not on my show, but we had Chinese uh, um, uh, Chinese artists. Some were a lot younger, and they have, you know, we had a school on tour. So we had teachers, we had trailers with school for the kids, and then the kids of the artists as well which has now stopped they don't do that anymore but they had their own school they had uh, their own people watching them all the time they were basically on loan from the you know from the chinese government so it was very wow. interesting there were some very cool people there were some heavy party people there were some very private people people who were in the company for 20 years They would never join for a drink at the hotel. They would never join on little trips when you went, Uh, you know, doing little touristy things in the countries we visited. Very interesting. So there's all sorts of characters. Some people are, like I said, heavy, heavy partiers. You know, some people are super private. It was a really interesting experience, I have to say. Five years I was with them, so I got to see a lot of countries, a lot of travel. It was great for me as a cook. I got to experience a lot of...
0: Uh, food and then, culture, yeah, and, and and what does that consist of? Like, you know, people's habits. And yeah, some people are vegan, some people yeah. are vegetarian, some people are.
1: Yeah, well, we have everything is mobile. Everything is on um, is on trucks. So basically, you have like your kitchen. Yeah, the kitchen, the coolers, everything. So. One semi trailer, like they take off the walls and you know, take off the you have a back wall that's like a door, right. and you have a whole walk in fridge and freezer, then my office, then there's another one attached to it, and that's the hot line with, with the ovens and the stoves and the dishwashing area and all that. Then you have another one which is the line where the buffet line where everybody comes and takes food. Oh, right. So it's buffet, it's a buffet style. And then style. you have like five more trucks that are all opened up and that's the dining room. So everything gets folded up and you have to stash everything, every chair, every table, every piece of equipment inside the fridges when they're turned off. So it's like a Jenga game. Everything had to be perfect. You know, Tetris. you even had a lay. Yeah. Tetris. Exactly. Yeah. You had like every, you had a layout from the person who was there before you. And then you'd go, oh, that's a not a good fit. Let me switch this. And then you switch up the specs and you fix it and you make it. So it, it it's always a continuous, um, Fixing of the of Adjusting. the system. There's yeah. always some adjustment, right? And uh, it it's very you know shutting down, tear down, and set up is uh, a lot of work. How, how
0: how impressive was was the the, the truck's kitchen?
1: It was uh, very good quality. Uh, you know, it is uh, beaten up a bit. It's traveling all over the world. Obviously, sometimes you have two kits. You have like a European kit and you have a North American kit. Uh, so, you don't, it doesn't have to, you know, the semis don't have to be shipped across the ocean and other, and other. Uh, see the
0: do not disturb options? See, yes. See, you're see, right. See, you're, see, right. See. you're right. You're right. Let me put it here see, so it doesn't. It. Uh,
1: <laughs> so, you have, uh, how do you call it? You have um, sometimes kits in Asia. Uh, it depends because it has different electricity, it has different, you know. So it's yeah. a whole system. It's a massive inf- infrastructure. You have plumbers with you. You have right, electricians with you, welders, you know, riggers. Everybody, everything. So you have everything. Like you have the big top, and then you have the artistic tent, which is connected to the big top with a tunnel, so they can do their training and their meetings, and then go straight onto stage. So intricate, and the, and the, te- the tents fit like twenty five hundred people. It's not a small tent.
0: No, no, of course. Right, and
1: I had like one hundred and eighty people to feed, cast and crew. And uh, you, have, you have to feed them when stuff's shutting down too. So tear down, you have like and And,
0: and, and, and what's spaghetti. the schedule? Like three meals a day plus snacks?
1: Well, I, have, I would, you know, we would create food from the morning until like an hour after the last show. So some days the show ends at like 10. So we're not out of there before 11. Some days there's earlier shows, they end at 4. So we can be out of there at like 5.30 or there's seven. So we can be out of there at 8.30.
0: So you're in there the whole time, just... Yeah, you're that, that, always like from producing those food. That you're always producing food. Because
1: they have to come in. There's set, there's set uh, no, no, times, but they come in before training, after training. Somebody's not not uh, scheduled to train until four. Somebody's scheduled to train at seven in the morning. So, so you're
0: continuously... Continuously, yeah. Right, and hot. we would
1: do like a big brunch on Sunday. Yeah. That was the only hot breakfast. But aside from that, you know, we'd have pastries and fruit and everything, out mm-hmm. yogurts wait, 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 and all that.
0: What do it was the only hot breakfast?
1: Breakfast generally was not hot. Mm. There was a little station with toast and a little electric griddle with a pan so they can make an egg if they want. But everything else was like continental, like everything was cold. So we had cheeses and cold cuts and fruits and vegetables, cereals, croissants, all sorts of stuff like that, juices. Um, And then there's the toaster area. There's all sorts of kinds of breads. and. a little français? Oui, (laughs) un petit peu.
0: (laughs) oh <laughs> yeah, oui that's uh-huh. all <laughs> that's enough
1: that's enough to, that's enough for a, you know a woman who speaks French I guess mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to get drinks <laughs> to get a couple of drinks yeah, that's yeah. right yeah 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 um, um, I'll tell you my quick story sure. my French story is uh, in high school uh, I took a French class the professor was Japanese okay. teaching French yep everybody in the class was on the football team okay so all we remember was ridiculous things so for example I remember how to say 79 or, or 19 these new which, which was like these nuts right <laughs> and then it was 79 sucks on these new 79 yeah but right. we would say suck on these nif <laughs> you know like
1: you so
0: and, and then we would just and then we continue with like 179 is uh, 179 <laughs> we just continue doing this over and over and then the the Japanese professor would uh, call um one of the guys Bruce. He'd say Bus. Bruce, Bruce. And, and yeah, we, we would just laugh our fucking ass. like nothing was serious. And then and then that was that was all. The but fun. you
1: all passed, I'm sure.
0: Of course, of course. Fucking flying colors. You guys we were, were great, cool. yeah. great students. Otherwise, we'd beat up the teacher or something. I can understand. <laughs> so, but anyways, yes. Um, no so concern. yeah,
1: so uh, my my circ, uh, History was, I was there from uh, 2005 until 2010.
0: That's so fucking yeah. crazy. and I wild. toured the whole
1: time. And I did a year in Japan, which was life-changing.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Never That's been. where
1: these come from. These were all handmade in Japan, so.
0: That's awesome. Did, did yeah. you get anywhere made in Japan? No. Not because you know it's been made in Japan. <laughs> Those are fucking badass. Yes,
1: they're still pretty amazing. I, I only, uh, I cover them. I use... Uh, sunscreen. I never expose them to the sun, so they stay beautiful. Uh, it's it's a whole the entire the entire tattoo culture there is very amazing, and there's these unbelievable rituals you have to go through with the tattoo artist. It's just it's wild. What do you mean? And there's also a language barrier. Well, you know, these are yakuza style tattoos, and a Japanese person who's not yakuza cannot get these tattoos in Japan. Because we're gaijin, we're not Japanese, we're white people, they don't care. They're like, whatever, we don't care. They're like, you know. There's a lot of kind of subtle racism in the culture. I mean, it's the way it is.
0: It's everywhere. It's the way it is.
1: I mean, if you're Japanese and you want tattoos and you're not Yakuza, you can get Western tattoos. So you see people heavily tattooed, but it's all Western-style tattoos. It's all like maybe rockabilly tattoos or whatever. It doesn't matter, gore uh you know anime whatever but not these and uh there's a whole thing you know you you you're expected to bring food you're expected to bring alcohol you know and you're there this took 67 hours so that's a lot of meetup meetings with with you know with the with the tattoo artist it's like eight nine nine times i went to him i went there and um you know you have to bring food. You have to bring, you, you bring gifts. Uh, it's a huge gift society. Everything is about gifts over there. Yeah. So it's very cool. Uh, it's wild. And you can't I really feel tell. feel
0: like that's a lot in a lot of cultures c- compared to American culture. Yeah. yeah. American culture is like, what do you want? Why'd you bring me that? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like foreign.
1: True. Yeah. I'm also Israeli as yeah. well as being Canadian. And it's a much more kind of, you can't go to somebody's house empty handed. Yeah. You bring a cake, you bring something. Yeah, right.
0: a bottle, wine, Anything, whatever. Yeah.
1: Anything, mm-hmm. something for the kids, you know, yeah. but uh, here it's different, in the West it's different. But um, there it was pretty amazing, it was very, it was traumatic, I mean, it's, uh, it's very gentle, very quiet, the room is very quiet, you know, you don't hear a machine running, the guy's just poking and poking and poking, it's all done by hand. And right, because
0: they don't they don't use... That's right, they don't use a machine. Some
1: do use machines, but that's why I got it done there. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't have had this done if I was not in Japan. I mean, right. I like tattoos, but this is something that's... It's a dying art, and even people who do, do hand poke do the outlines with the machine, and he did everything with, with hand poking. Well, so there's touch. maybe, I don't know... Does it hurt people.
0: more, or, just, or it just takes more time? It
1: takes more time. The machine, I think, probably hurts, uh, from my experience, because I have other tattoos... Uh, The machine, not just, it doesn't just poke, it kind of tears the machine. It's brutal. So it's, it leaves you more raw, you know, but it does take a long time. But Japan is, uh, in my opinion, everybody has to go to Japan once in their life. And if they can do it through work, even better, because it's very expensive. Yeah. So yeah, I did my last tour, my, the end of my work with, with Cirque was a year in Japan.
0: That's beautiful. That that, was that, amazing. That, that's, that's on my list. I do. Oh, uh, you have home. to
1: go. It's, it's, it's life changing. Yeah. The, it's the only place in the world, and I've traveled to dozens of countries uh, that I had culture shock.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: But it took a couple of months. Um, just because of the way they do business there, it's completely different. Like, um, I'll give you an example. I was on site, and there was a large entertainment company that was our partners there in Japan, they had their trailers and their staff and they were helping me staff the, the kitchen. I had to get about 10 locals just to be kitchen hands, cashiers, help with the cleaning, stuff like that. Now everybody has a job in Japan. It's very hard to find people to work. You have to get, you know, housewives and you're not going to get a cooking school graduate. It's very difficult.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, They all have jobs. So I was talking with the production company on site you know, a couple of days before we're supposed to start training and everything, training the uh, new employees. And we talked and talked about what I need, what I'm looking for, da, da, da shook hands, great. So it's like seven in the morning, the first day, my crew is there, my full-time cooks, there's four full-time cooks. And uh, there's like 10 locals. So the full-times are CERC employees. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And I'm like, what's going on? Like this culture, these people are always on time. I mean, this is, so I go to the, to the trailer and I talk to the guy. I said, Hey, what's going on with the, uh, with the temps? He said, what do you mean? I said, we talked about, I mean, I hired 10 people. He goes, no, no, you didn't write an email. And it's, it was not, I was waiting for your email. And I'm like, like, what? What? And this was shocking to me because this is like, Mm. this could ruin like a lot. I mean, we're working. We have to get ready. We have to unload food. We have to start prepping. He goes, no, no, you have to email everything. And then you have to have the entire office CC'd on it as well. Mm. Because that way, this is a culture, in my experience, there with work, that nobody takes an initiative in terms of taking responsibility The whole office has to be in on it, and everybody has to know, so everybody is responsible. Yeah, There's no individual, oh, yeah, sure, here, handshake, I'll take care of it, no worries. That never happens. So that's when I found out that everything has to be, like, also, they they almost never say no. They don't say no. It's just maybe. And it depends on how long they wait. Like, they do a lot of stuff like, hmm... Maybe. Now, if they take, if the hum is long, that's an absolute no. Right. It's never going to happen. So you have to learn these things. And this is something. At,
0: le- at least you have like a sign. Because here in LA, everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that's like, no.
1: That's also something no. I have to learn because I'm new here.
0: Yeah. No, so, here everybody says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody says, hey, you want to go riding this week? Yeah, 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 and, and, yeah. See, I would, oh, would never say yes. Yeah. Ne-
1: like I would never even say, I would yeah. say Which maybe. Which is a great skill. Yeah. Which yeah.
0: is a great skill, but that's a skill that people can't develop here. That's like people, really a shame. I, I've known people that, like, hey, you coming over tomorrow? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Calling in the morning, hey, you still coming this afternoon? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, are you on your way? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm five minutes away. They don't show up. They, they turn off their phone, they go full MIA, and then the next day it's like a fucking movie. Oh, man, there's a helicopter and dinosaurs and the moon. Like, what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? But it's a about?
1: reputation. I think maybe it's in my work, my industry. Right. Because you work for, like, the creme de la creme. Right. Like, the top tier of, course, of yeah. human beings. I mean, not in terms of anything except money and status and celebrity. But, I mean, your word is everything. That's all you have. Yeah. That's all you have. But I've been that way my whole life. I will never promise you know, especially if the word promise comes out of my mouth, that's it. It's done. Of course. And if there's going to be a delay, even a delay by 15 minutes, the client or their management or whoever, or their assistant. Right.
0: Standard practice you, would be to let people, you're going to be late, not let people know, hey, I'm late. Like everybody knows you're late.
1: Yeah, no, you have to. And also, you're there's no such thing as being on time. If you're on time, you're late. Right. You have to get everywhere like 15 minutes early. Right. But that took me into my 40s to figure out. Yeah. But now life is much better. There's no rushing. There's no, like, I'm sweating. I have to get in here. I'm, there's, like, you have your 20 minutes. You have your 15 minutes before. You check your stuff. You check your phone. You get a cold drink. Then you walk in, and you're ready to go. How
0: How, how is it being a private chef? Uh, and, and, and what is it consistent on some gigs? Like, you know, somebody hires you, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you live on the premises, or you, you come and go. Obviously you're making great fucking money, but how, how is this, how is it personally for you?
1: For me as a, as a, as a professional, as a, as a technician, for me, it's great because I love, I don't like being around too many people. First of all, I get really into my space. I don't talk a lot. There's lot, not a lot of noise. There's no music. It's very kind of, you know, cause you're under a lot of pressure. Uh, so I like working alone, uh, but you're still working with staff. You also see the owners once in a while, depending on who they are and depending on if they're formal or well, casual.
0: Right. Cause you're just in the kitchen. Right. Chilling. right. you're in your zone, your office, but
1: generally the kitchens are massive right, and they're right, a central right, right. point of the house. In some cases they're open kitchens cause these people have amazing properties. You know, a kitchen is four times the size of my apartment. So, and you have these windows looking out on like Catalina and, Mm. you know, it's beautiful. Um, But um, for me, it's, it's, I love the job. I love what I do. So for me, it doesn't really matter where I am. Um, If, if the pay is less, but it's an amazing program, I'm going to go, you know, just like with any job only maybe, I know this is going to be sad for people to hear who aren't cooks, but maybe 10% of cooks like their job. And that's the average Only of all.
0: 10% of cooks like their job.
1: But 10% of people, period, like their jobs. Right. So if people think because we're creating, they think it's, you know, you're an artist. Eh. I'm a technician who creates, who's very creative and very good at what they do. And um, I get pleasure from creating. I get a joy from it. I feel it, you know. So I know I'm very, very lucky, but if you're just a technician and you're not particularly creative, you can also be highly successful because just like being a welder or just like being a a mason or just like being a mechanic, this is a technique that you spend years learning and you become very, very good. You don't have to be an artist to be a, a, a welder, but I've welded. I took a welding course in Florida. But if you are an artist, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Same thing with a mechanic. When you see a beautiful setup, when you see an electric box and when it's beautifully set up, the wiring is stunning and the guy just gave everything, you go, this guy is an artist, yeah. this, this electrician. And then you see a mess and you're like, okay, this guy, eh. He, mm. he got the connections right. Everything's okay, but it's not beautiful. It
0: works, yeah. Right.
1: So it's the same thing with food. We are skilled craftsmen. And you go to school to learn technique so that you, anywhere in the world you are, you don't have to speak the same language. You know, if I'm in Korea and I'm working under a chef who learned the French technique, he just has to say five kilos, brunoise, carrot, that's it. Thank you, chef. That's it. We don't have to chat. We don't have to talk. The brunoise is a technical term that everybody who went to cooking school knows. He doesn't have to say, I wanted one and three quarter inches by one... This is a big time waster. So when you have a technical understanding of the craft, um,
0: so there's a whole language.
1: There's a whole language. Yeah. There's also like a ballet in the kitchen. How to, how to hold yourself, how to keep your space, how to hold knives and other tools, how to clean tools, how to, you know, there's a thousand things that run through your head, like any technician, like any skilled laborer, And, uh, for me, I'm just the luckiest person in the world because I wake up, I think about food. I go to sleep. I think about food. Somebody calls me for a job. If it's a freelance, I start, you know, talking with the client. Okay. So what are we looking for? What's the style? What's the idea? What's your decor? And then the the, the images start going through my head and I get all excited. I take out the, the the book and I start doodling or I start writing down, you know, what I'm going to need to buy. I do everything tons of time in advance. There's no rushing. There's no, by the time I get to the client to cook, this is after shopping and everything. I mean, it is so solidified, the image in my head. It is so clear that there is absolutely no double thing. I've already been in her kitchen. I've already seen her fridge. I've Before I even did the shopping, I asked to come in. Can I come in for an hour on my time? Just want to check out the space, see what tools and equipment you have, see your dry goods, because I, why should I buy more bay leaves if there's like a whole container of bay leaves? Right. So I go in there, I do my, you know, my pre-op, I check everything, I check, you know, what juices she has, whatever it is, oils, all the oils I'm going to need. Then my my um, shopping list gets cut in half, which saves everybody time and money. You know, wasting money does not take skill. You know, people tell me, oh, there's no budget. You're like, great. But in my head, of course, there's a budget. I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to waste food because I can. Who would do that? It's the most unprofessional thing. People who can't clean a fish properly, they're wasting a third of the weight of the fish. Why? If I'm skilled, I can make a beautiful fillet down to the bone. I won't waste, I'll waste maybe 15 grams of, of fish on the bone but it should be on the filet, you know, it show, it's a kind of a professional pride, but it's the professional way to be, you know, so. That's awesome. Yeah, it's great. You're so passionate about I it. I love it. I love it so much. I'm so. very lucky. That's what I said. So working privately is the top tier. You
0: well, know? What about opening up your own thing later?
1: When I was in Toronto, I had my own little tiny, it was the size of this room. Uh, I had my own place in Toronto for two years. And uh, this is while my green card was still in motion. So it was kind of just the thing. And it did incredibly well. I did just, I was the only person working. Um, And I did grab and go meals, plus some catering. I mean, I had a table like this, an oven and a fridge, and the people were right there. And I'm just working, you know, making birthday cakes for people. So it was very successful. It was wonderful. It was just so much joy. So It was such a neighborhood thing. Everybody in the neighborhood came. You know, when COVID started, I did very well because it was all takeaway. Right. People, whoever was on U.I., uh, unemployment insurance, uh, I gave them free food.
0: Wow, that's You know, amazing. I said, come
1: come at the end of the day. And it, these are people who were my clients. Right. So they bought food. But I'd say, you know what? I'm closing in 20 minutes. You can grab those mm. two in the fridge. Go for it, you know? Yeah. I also made, like, uh, food in jars, like, sauces and
0: meat sauce. The, and, and and that happens, too, which I have a question. I I, I have a friend. I have a... It was a friend of my brother's. Okay. And um, his dad, his dad made, um, he made good money, but he never saved money. So. Okay.
1: What did he do for a living?
0: I I don't even know the full details. But towards the end at 75, 76 years old, he had to continue working because he never saved money. Correct. And he worked at a McDonald's cleaning up. Yeah. And. He would almost cry every night because he would see how much food gets thrown away from yeah. McDonald's like and you can't give it and, away. And it's against lock, exactly. it's
1: against their policy yeah
0: that's where I'm getting at yeah. it's it's, it's yeah. against their policy and it, and it would just destroy him and and they actually ended up firing him once because he he grabbed some of the food and, and was giving it to like homeless people can't. yeah he got fired because
1: here in the states especially lawsuits and, and he, stuff even, like that the food can be bad yeah. um it's just not good form for a multinational corporation. they can't do it. But there's a lot of other people who do give away food.
0: Yeah. And then I've heard about programs like that. I remember With I, hotels. I was in San Francisco when there was a company picking up all the leftover foods. And then they would just yep. you know, give it to the homeless. So people do try. There's an organize, organization.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In Canada, too, there's all sorts of stuff like that through hotels, especially because of all the banquets and everything. But for me, opening a place, that was a great experience. And I was lucky. You know, I had a master chef who worked for free. Me you know, I could never afford to hire myself. So I was in a very different and within a month, I gave myself a salary, a small salary, just because I could and I should, you know, I of should, course. I have, the, you know, why not? See if you can do it. And wow, within a month, I can give myself a salary. Okay, you're doing okay. But then I got my green card. Uh, no, actually, I went, um, my, my, um, my lease was going to be up for the shop. And it was high COVID, everything was closed. And I'm like, look, I can open a bigger place, I'll need to open a bigger place. I'm not going to stay here for another two years. Because I had a two year lease. There I was on a main street, tons of amazing places were closing, I said, Okay, I I need a a place for seating, I need a big catering kitchen, I was already dreaming, you know, what I'm going to do, because I completely left my green card thing on the side. You know, because Trump for four years didn't allow any green cards from outside. And it just, with all these delays, I basically said it's never going to happen. Yeah. So just keep living your life. The, and uh, I got to Toronto because I worked on yachts for seven years. And then I left the yachts, went back to Canada. That's a whole different story. So, um, so what happened is that I did love opening a place. But um, the lifestyle that I can have, I'm 54 years old. You so look amazing. Thank you. I did not think so. But also I have very, very high stamina, which was a huge problem as a child. Uh you're hyperactive, you're nuts, you're like, you're like manic and crazy, but it gave me a career because at my age, I work with 25-year-olds and they're chugging, you know, energy drinks. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's go, let's go, let's go. Wanna get out of here by midnight. Let's, you know. I just have this incredible stamina, but I want to enjoy at this point in my life I want to enjoy my off time so you have to find a niche and that niche is private chefing but you have to be really good at private chefing because you're working for people who have very 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 high standards they eat at the best restaurants in the world they get the best service on earth Uh, they get anything they want anytime they want anywhere so on the yachts you know somebody wants crab legs you send a helicopter it's going to get the crab legs I mean that's For some people, that's how it is. So to get... It was also a challenge. No, forget about it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can... I mean, you can be... I I
0: know that, but when I hear it, I'm like, wow, that's so fucking...
1: I was flown from Florida to Mexico to cook one meal for my boss on a private plane and then flown back the next morning. So, yeah.
0: Now, when that happened, are you like, this is fucking awesome, or like, this is convenient uh
1: (laughs) as a as a professional i'm saying i was very thankful of course i brought my tools and equipment i didn't have to go through customs not regular customs you have to go through customs but it's not the same you have private customs i'm comfortable i can lie down (laughs) i have you know i can go get a soda there's catering you you get on as a chef there's catering on the plane for you yeah so it's cute it's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So you're very, I mean, if you're, if you, if you're, yeah, you have humility, if you come from nothing. And, and, that, and
0: that must mean a lot to you because you're like, this is what I'm worth. Yeah. This but that's,
1: you know what? It's hard to, I have to continuously remind, remind myself, you know, um, that it's okay. You know, excuse me, my ring keeps, it. it's my grandfather's ring, actually. Oh, nice. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah. It's, uh, I tell myself, you know, this, this is here for a reason, but you're always working to be better. And to, you're not really working to be better. You just become better because yeah. practice, 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 you're just going to become better. So in this level, the technical, I don't have to worry about technical anymore. I know how to make my own pasta. I know how to make my own sausage. I know how to, you know, cure meat. I know how to barbecue. I know how to smoke. I know how to do everything. Now it's the, it's the minutia of dealing with, you know, ultra high net worth people and what they're used to in terms of treatment, of your demeanor, of your skills in um, knowing what they want before they know what they want. So these are the skills that are being fine tuned now. It's not no. the brute, the brute force technical. You know how to create food anymore. Now it's how do I create food on an island with nothing there? Right. I have to plan three weeks ahead the refrigeration, the storage, the, the transport. I have the to make sure my yeah. everything, the logistics. Become, the logistics become amazing. Yeah. And that becomes so exciting because you're like, somebody says, Oh my God, I forgot that. Go, oh, it's okay. We contacted them on Thursday. They're ready to go. Don't worry. It's all that's good. All, that's cool. You know, so you work together. You're like this, all these little pieces, but that's what it comes down to at this point. I love it. I'm very grateful. Uh, And, um, I try to get along, you know, I try to, people have this idea about chefs being egomaniacs. I've been difficult, you know, in the past, uh, I know, you know what you want also because the stress of creating what they want with people around you who don't really care if it happens or not, because it's on you. Right. If it works out or not, and that hurts because I go out of my way to make other people's fall as soft as possible, and saying I, co- I got you, you're covered, don't worry. Oh my God, I forgot to prep the. How do you call it? I go, I saw it on your list. I saw it wasn't crossed out. I did it for you. Yeah, you know. So if everybody was like that, the world would be a beautiful place.
0: Yeah, but they're not. They're but they're not selfish assholes.
1: It depends. But even them, but there's you have a to, lot of them, and you have to deal yep. with them because sometimes they manage you. Yeah. So you can't take things seriously. You can't be. You know, you have to take it down a notch. As soon as you feel, for me, it's a, as soon, because I'm a big talker, as you can tell, I'm very animated, I make faces, I dance, I sing, I go, you know, in the kitchen, whatever. When things are easy peasy, when the stress starts, I shut down, I'm completely silent, there's no talking, there's no nothing, there's yes, no, maybe, over there, whatever. Like, because of the stress, I try to communicate as little as possible. So when I see that coming, I'm like, okay, just take it easy.
0: One okay. breath at a time.
1: Yeah, you can talk. You can has, chat. Has
0: that eased? Has that eased off more now than before?
1: Yeah, I was not the easiest person to to work with. Yeah, in my circ years, for example, even in some of my yacht years. If anybody I worked with is watching, they know what I mean or listening. Uh, I had certain standards. Or, or both. Or both, and I wanted them ha- to happen. And you're on a time limit, and I would stress out. I would, you know, I wouldn't be horrible. But I would be difficult. And in the last, I think, five, six years, especially being in the private sector in this kind of, you know, service, it's, it's gone down. Yeah. So I'm much easier to deal with. If you know your flaws, you can help yourself. If you don't know your flaws, you're going to suffer, you know? So I, I looked yeah, at the things. straightforward. That's just the way it is. There's no ego here. It's going to be better for everybody you know, if this changes.
0: But there's also like a, a, a peace of mind that you kind of like, you know what, we're, we're good. Like it's, it's it's fun. Like for example, the first 20 or 25 episodes that I would record, I would flip out with any sound outside of our conversation. Like if there was like the elevator or the button or this, I'd be like, right. oh, uh, hold on. Let's just reset. Uh, you know, if, you had to, if somebody had to use right. a bathroom break, I'm like, oh, fuck. Or you my know, ring like smashing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like anything would drive yeah. me crazy. And yeah. now mm-hmm. it's like, I I can have Circus de in the background, and, and, you know, it's good.
1: That's the thing. You have to get to a point where it's good enough. Yeah. And for a person who likes things done right, well, beautiful, organized, professional, good enough is a difficult line to find, but you have to find that line. Like, I'll say something, I'll look at a plate, I'll go, shit. I go, that looks like shit. You know, and somebody next to me says it's fine. I go, yeah, but look, look, the sauce, if it was a little tiny bit thicker, it wouldn't leave that. And then you have to pull back and say, okay, so next time the sauce is going to be checked on more. You can't leave it to him. Just double check before service. It's on you. It's not on him. You're his boss. So you ease off and you say it's good enough.
0: and 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 exactly and i'm not trying to say like and that's hard i i I don't care but what i'm saying is i I, I don't want to overthink it i don't want to overthink it because at the end of the day that was just like a half a second of a one hour conversation or two hour conversation that's exactly you know the
1: impact you have to think how does this impact the user the client whoever the buyer how does this impact them is this is this like gonna stop the deal is this going to get you fired? Is this going to have them send back the plate? If you're if you say no, of course not. Then just move forward. Right. And you know, you know inside, me I have old chefs in my head saying, "Amira, you're not going to put that out. That is not going out." Do it again. And yeah. you know when they're there. And you can't lie to yourself because you're on their level now. Right. So, you hear them say, "What the fuck is that?" But you get there way before it's on the plate. You ditch it way before. You're like, no, this is overcooked. No, 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 no. Start again. Long before you're like, can I serve this? Can I serve it? Can I serve this? Yeah, you don't want to get to it. that point. Yeah. You have to look He'll at every. Miserable. Com- yeah. Yeah. You have to look at every component and go, okay, that's it. Get rid of it. Let's start again.
0: Um. So a few things. One, it blows me away that you can have five ingredients and that five ingredients can be cooked a billion ways right and everybody will cook it fucking different sure um and and it's just even simple shit like pasta like you know there's a billion ways absolutely and and i don't want to talk shit but i cook fucking great pasta (laughs) like i cook outstanding pasta that people have like dude this is this is not even regular this is fucking outstanding pasta and my my what I'm getting at is, I hate going to Italian restaurants because I can't I can't comprehend how many people fuck up pasta. Oh, it's like, very easy to fuck up pasta. Just, but it, I, I I can't comprehend it because I'm not doing nothing magical. I'm like I'm just fucking boiling it and getting it, making sure I'm testing it. At, you know, it's that right you
1: al know, dente. Yeah.
0: You, you know, the, adding the right amount of salt, adding olive oil. You, like I'm just doing basic shit. Adding some garlic butter maybe afterwards or something. Sprinkle. You go to fucking places, like there's a place down the street, they've been there forever, and it's like their their pasta's fucking terrible. Is it a shithole or is it a great restaurant? It was known to be a great restaurant. It's been there forever. 30
1: years ago? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Those places, they don't want to change. Yeah, they don't want to change, and the world passes wanna, them by.
0: And then you're looking at their kitchen; they're using regular bullshit oils, and you know they're looking. Right. You look at their salt, and it's just that regular. Like, it, it's just. It's I'm just, not a
1: salt snob myself. There's a lot of ingredients that are like I don't fuck around. Like, yeah. I'm, t- I'm talking yeah, about yeah. like,
0: you know, I, I yeah. do like my sea salts. I do like Himalayan salts. I do like, yeah. for example, if I eat a steak, you know, the fucking salt, babe. You know, when well, I I, hate that I, guy. I was in, I can't stand them either. But when I was in Dubai and I ate the 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 steak with. Big grains of flaky salt. Yeah, you want like, a, you want you want chunky salt on your right. meat. Right, that, sure. That's kind of what made the sure. meat kind sure. of in a in a, in a bigger deal.
1: Because otherwise, so. it dissolves with the heat
0: and it's right just like a salt slime on top. Right, yeah. exactly. So no, so but there's h- a lot h- of places. How, how frustrated? Or one more I'm going to complain about. Yeah, Mexican food. How the fuck do you how do you fuck up Mexican food? It's very easy because you cause have good meat. If you no get, Mexican it, food's complex. Well, I'm talking about like what you. I get. If it. you mean Tex-Mex, like American Mexican food. No, I'm talking about how do you fuck up tacos? Just it's just,
1: very easy to fuck up tacos. Everybody fucks it up. There's ten components inside a taco. It's very easy to fuck it up,
0: and everybody fucks it up. And to me, it's it's if you if you get good meat, and and can get a good salsa, not just, or make a good it's salsa. It's not just good
1: meat. It's how you cook the meat. Well, you don't the, need the, great the, meat. That, you that can too. have. <laughs> you know, okay meat. You don't need the best meat in the world. Yeah, There's a lot of misunderstandings about food. There's also a lot of snobbery with food. And I'm not a food snob. Yeah. Just because I'm a professional cook doesn't mean that I fall for all the nonsense with food. You know? And there's a lot of it out there. But people use it to sell. To sell very expensive food in restaurants, to sell expensive foods in farmer's markets,
0: to, spe- to sell expensive... Which, which a lot of expensive restaurants sometimes have bullshit food that frustrates me too. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. But sometimes... It has to do with the way they cr- they
0: cook the food, not right. the way,
1: not the, qual- the actual quality of the food.
0: Right, you know, quality yeah, you is important. You get impor- good quality and fuck it up, and you exactly. Get bad quality, and make it great, exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, especially if you if you grow up poor or if you are a poor cook, yeah. if you started in the in the trenches, you know, in in restaurants in the trenches, and making gourmet you know, shit with top ramen or something. Every, was, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you learn how to take ingredients and turn it into something beautiful, and you can do that. And of course, everybody wants the best, the best, you know tomato grown in the perfect conditions and but if it's not
0: organic and well you know, i'm not
1: a big fan of i'm, I'm not a big organic uh i don't fall for that uh, i find it uh a little bit uh dun 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 i won't get too oh, into I it I f- you? wait That's <laughs> wait I, I don't
0: know why. <laughs> yeah fuck it <laughs>
1: a lot of it is, is scammy yeah yeah it's called big organic a lot of the big yeah. multinational corporations own all the little organic farms that you buy from
0: yeah, I, I, I had a I had a friend of mine. He worked at a restaurant, mm. and uh, they would get all their seafood from a company called Fresh. The company was called Fresh. Sure. So they would get fresh seafood from. They can the legally company. say fresh, that. They can legally say that it wasn't on their menu. Fresh, yeah.
1: No, but there's a lot of seafood you can't get fresh. Right. They, they flash no, no, freeze and it.
0: They wouldn't get it fresh. Right. Just the company was called...
1: So they can legally put it on the menu. It's brilliant. You know, just like almond milk. Almond milk is one word. It's a trademarked word. Almond milk, one word.
0: I heard they couldn't even call it. They can't call it milk no more.
1: Well, let's say almond almond milk.
0: Almond beverages now.
1: But the thing is that because it's like almond milk, one word. Almond beverage, let's say, under it. So almond milk is a trademarked word. It's 90% water, if not more. There's a tiny amount of almonds in it. And that's fine. I I know what I'm consuming. A consumer who thinks that they're drinking pure milk from almonds is buying into a fantasy. And a lot of of reality behind food is fantasy, especially in expensive restaurants, very high-end restaurants. You know, it's not just the food, even though I can say that 90% of high-end restaurants have spectacular food. Maybe even less. Depends. Internationally, it's probably less. But it's the entire it's it's the it's the the performance of the space you know the egyptian linen uh, tablecloths and the beautiful silverware and everything is measured with a measuring tape table to table and plate to fork and it's you know we're talking yeah, and what happens in when you're when you're very very well off and you've experienced the best in the world you know how to see it so, you expect it in the next place. And then the level goes up and up and up. And you see it on yachts too. I've worked on private yachts for seven years. The level, they get exposed to more and more and more things, you know? So the, they have snobbery, but they pay me to cater to their snobbery. So I'm fine with acting as if this grape compared to this grape is different, not just, <laughs> not just different, but healthier. Yep. It has this, this genetic. Make, I mean, it gets crazy, you know, and, um, you just have to say absolutely whatever you want with a straight face yeah. and you make it happen.
0: What is it? Uh, what is it about organic food that, or what is it about the organic title mm. that you're not a fan about?
1: Um, it's not healthier. Uh, people think that inside the DNA of the, of the, of the fruit or vegetable or whatever, it's healthier for you. That's completely untrue. Of course. Um, second of all, they say, "Oh, we don't use herbicides and pesticides." That's completely untrue. They use. Or- well, that's
0: that's impossible. They, they, they use. not or- have to. Right.
1: They use organic herbicides and pesticides. Right.
0: And You've- some of it's not even organic because because my understanding is for a food to say organic, seventy percent of the process has to be organic. There you go. You know because because of the amount of people in the population, there's no other way. It's, right. It's impossible. That
1: I didn't know. I thought that no. everything they used, but the thing is that you have a, a product like uh, copper. Actual copper. Copper is a carcinogen. It causes cancer. It's well known. It's not you know you're 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 going to be consuming metals. You know so copper is one of the main herbicides sprayed on green leafy vegetables. Kale. Think of the kale, you know, explosion in the last ten years. Uh, collard greens. All these things, they need to be sprayed with with copper. Copper is a carcinogen. Carcinogen causes cancer. Just because it's organic doesn't mean it doesn't cause cancer. Yeah. So. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, of argument about this. I'm talking about myself personally. Right. From what I've seen, I've also seen farmer's markets with lemons, you know, that say, like a supermarket actually, with lemons that say organic, and I saw them unloading from a, um, from a box. I mean, they had a few of them, so it wasn't just a box filled with organic lemons, you know what I mean? So they were lying. They were lying. They were telling people that it's organic, uh, putting non-organic lemons on display, but that doesn't matter. You know, people say, people say it tastes better. It's better for you. It's healthier. Um, there's just no proof of this. This is, there's actually the opposite. It's been proven that it's not. People are like, well, I don't want chemicals. Well, water's a chemical. They go no 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 man made right. everything's it, a chemical it, it, Exactly it depends it, how just,
0: far you want to get it dive into language, the hole. language Language yeah. is
1: like hijacked in many ways in food Right Like you said with the word fresh Right So uh, I would rather buy from a local farmer buy beef from a cattle rancher or whatever that slaughters his own beef and sends it to the butcher to get it cut up where he can't get a organic designation for so many reasons that's also a cartel in itself getting no. organic designation. There's a couple of, there's the USDA and then there's also an, another one. Yeah. And they fight between the, each other. The more private, more expensive one says the USDA organic is garbage. Don't believe anything they say because they want you to get their designation because it's it, it's it keeps their system afloat. Uh, why is the USDA organic not good? I don't know. I don't care. I don't buy organic. I couldn't care less. So I'd rather buy non-organic meat from a butcher here, a hundred miles from here where there are What about grass fed? I don't, I'm not a big fan of the taste of grass fed. I'm fine with it. I, I, you know, grass fed does not mean organic either. So you have clients who tell me I want organic grass fed. There are like three places I can get this meat. It's hard to find, but if that's what they want, that's what they get. Yeah. You know? So I, like I said, I would rather get, let's say non-organic from a local farmer, local cattle rancher or whatever, uh, Than get organic from a huge multinational corporation that is industrial meat production, but it's organic. Right. You know, so people have an image when they think about free range chickens. Legally in the United States, you can have a hangar with five hundred thousand chickens inside the hangar. There's a window that's one foot by one foot, and once in a while, the chicken can go outside into a closed ten foot pen, and that's free range. But there's still a hundred thousand, five hundred thousand chickens in that wow. in that hangar. Right. But because there's a little Hole in the in the in the in the uh, siding in the aluminum siding where they can one chicken once in a while can walk out. It's legally free range. That's crazy. So you know, uh, people think brown eggs are healthier than white eggs. It's just what the, <laughs> what the chickens are fed. So people, you know, is that all it is? That's all it is. So they capitalize on the ignorance, and you know, we're our society is uh, very well versed in. Um, you know, convincing each other what's important in life from, um, you know, from what you want with your life, from what you want to do with your life, from how much money you should be making, how you should look, what school your kids should go to. So to convince people that certain foods are better than other foods because you want to make money is not difficult. Yeah. And when you have all these influencers and people claiming things that aren't true, selling you diets, selling you all sorts of, you know, magic pills, magic and pills, and it's never going to end. We're going to have it for the rest of our lives because that's who we are. We want a quick fix. So, you know, believing that eating organic food only is going to make me healthier. Okay. So why not? Who's, I, I, you know,
0: have you been to, um, have you been to Cuba?
1: No, I have not. Even though I can, as a as a Canadian, you, it's not a problem.
0: You should you should go. Yeah, and and the reason I bring this up is because it's it's one of the few countries that I love, and I've talked about this so many times. One because my, my family's from there, right? Two, um, there, there's just no stores. There's no stores. There's it's no just bullshit. It's just it's just, it's just and people. It's just people selling and that's a, stuff it, and, and stuff they made. You know, yep. stuff they made. There's there's no. Victoria's Secret and Zara's and there's no Hiltons and Sheratons and and you eat at people's houses. You want to go to a restaurant? There's like a handful of restaurants, and most of the places you're gonna eat, you're gonna eat at somebody's house. And it's the the mom and the husband and the kids serving you, and you're eating home cooked food like it was, you know, a hundred years ago.
1: The thing is, with regulations in places like this, because all the companies there's work hand in hand fucking with regulations. That's it. So the companies work hand in hand with the government, and they they lobby to pass laws to make, you know, cottage industries impossible. Like in Florida there's a cottage law. You can actually cook in your house stuff that does not have to be refrigerated. Uh, cookies, dry cakes, all sorts of things like that, and you can sell it in Florida up to like $10,000 I think a month or something. So people who have a job and want to make some extra income, the cod- the cottage law allows them to do that in their own kitchen. They can make, you know, jams, Things like that.
0: That's interesting because yep. my mom was telling me that she was talking to one of her friends and uh, she, she came into the country and she's like, it's so hard to make money here. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Like, what would you do in your country? She's like, well, in my country, I would just make fucking tamales and mm. go to the street and sell them. Yeah. Here, if I try to do that, it, it, you don't have you, you don't have permits, you don't have this, you don't have that. You can get arrested. It, it, it's yeah. a big problem. Well, it
1: comes from a good place. Of Because co- we want uh, regulation, of, right?
0: Of course we want regulation.
1: But uh, what happens is there is a... A huge industry of um, of regulators, regulators, and people who write regulatory uh, uh, paperwork, and people who write regulatory rules, and transcribe it into books, and then blah 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 blah, then go to events and have to talk about it with professors. And this is a whole industry. Everything is an industry. Yeah. So it depends on if these people get a hold on the way the industry moves, it's going to be bogged down by um, by paperwork and they're going to have jobs. So that's how you have to look at it. It's not a bad thing. Right. The but, main but, idea but is good.
0: You're right, but there's certain things that just get going out of proportion. Like for example, the one of the reasons LA's public transportation sucks so much is because LA was built around the car. Right. And one of the major uh, one of the major players during that time was uh, Firestone, the tires companies, and the tire companies were like, you know what, let's pull out trains. Let's, we don't need this. Right. Everybody should drive. You know, like the, the, let's get this going. And I remember in the nineties, there was a whole train system in in LA that right. they ripped out. You can and, see it from a from a Google it. map. Oh, yeah. You, you, can, you, you see can see where it. the trains and used they to put be. buses. Yep. Running through there, they right. put buses, you know, go through the tires. So when you're manipulating and, and you're polluting environment right. and you're 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 making it harder and complicating it for no fucking reason, like that, that's 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 weird to me. And and, and again, that's that's yeah, but one. This example. is
1: capitalism. This is the the right. cradle of capitalism. Right. And there are so good social, especially like being in California, I can see there's good social projects and things to help people to some extent. Right. But being in the States, I mean, this place is no joke. Being a Canadian coming from a democratic socialist, it's not really democratic socialist. I mean, you know, if you're poor, you can live, but you're not going to live very well. But right. you're not going to starve in the street. You know, in Canada, you get, you know, there's a lot of social pro- projects. And also people are very, vol- voluntarism is very big. A lot of people volunteer, uh, their kids volunteer, they work with the church, they work with the city, they get, you know, so here, I mean, I'll give you an example, a very quick example about what happened. I think it was in Utah, a uh, big homeless problem. What they decided to do is give homeless people shelter for free. You're going to get an apartment for free. And people are like, this is crazy They're like, Let's try it. They gave hundreds and hundreds of people apartments and these people started fixing up their lives going to rehab working as but their apartment was paid for but what happens is then you have people who are middle class people or lower middle class people just regular blue collar people are like wait a minute this is bullshit. this guy just got a free apartment mm-hmm. well yeah because he's an addict and he's fucked up and he needs help and look his life is better look He's not, you know, they had the whole thing in Utah about the million dollar homeless guy, about how he went to the hospital so many times. He was such a disaster. He was such an addict and such a, a strain on the system. He cost them, by the time, I think he passed away in the end, he cost them a million dollars just to work with him in the hospital. So we're saving you money by giving people a But no. Yeah. What, but it's still going on there from what I understand. The homeless uh, yeah, the, the, population has dived, gone straight down. Yeah, because people are getting help, but people don't that feeling of he's getting something that I'm not getting. Yeah, but you don't want his life. Yeah, but look, he has yeah, a good but life now. But,
0: but but there's but there's two parts to that because you know there's always been some kind of governmental help in the in, in California, yeah. for example, yeah. and there's people that fall into that trap and and you know like they'll get like Section Eight or they'll get some kind of help, and what ends up happening is I and I've seen it and I know people. They get stuck in that system and they think, fuck, man, if I get a job and if I make two, three hundred more dollars, I'm not going to get this help. Right. But do you I, think I, that's I the majority? I don't want... I I do.
1: You do. Okay. I, in, in Canada, in, in, I don't see that.
0: Well, that's... Yeah, I'm, that's I just I'm don't talking see about it. In California... Yeah. I see I, poor I, I people about, who
1: don't want to be poor. Yeah. And of course, there are people who abuse the system.
0: No, here... here there's a thin line that if you're poor, you can get governmental help with sure. your rent, with your medical, and with working food poor stamps, is worse with
1: because who wants to be and working poor?
0: Right. And if you You'd can get make, nothing, exactly. And if you can make some cash on the side and get all this governmental help, you're set. But there's the, those same people think, well, if I get a fucking job and I make two thousand dollars a month,
1: I won't get benefits I won't get anymore. this help. Right,
0: and now that I don't get this help, I'm going to have to pay the twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars in rent plus right. food. And, and, and there's a gray area. That's sure. like where where is that? Well, the where pop- do you draw the line? It's
1: true. Because the population of- here in this state is this is the same amount of the same population as the entire country of Canada. So Wild, I yeah. so I can't. I mean, you know, L.A. County is the most populated county in the United States. Um. When you see the vastness, when you first come here... More than New York? More than New York. From what I know, yes. Uh, just because the size of the county. The county is gigantic, so right. it has more population but New York per York square is also- mile. Yeah, right. But um, they may be per capita. I don't know. But notwithstanding, looking at the, U- the American experiment as something to compare to any other place in the world is very difficult. Very. To have this level of capitalism... Uh, you know, bootstrap type uh, society, anybody, there's no class here. You can be, you know, the child of a heroin addict and a person who's been in prison for the rest of their lives. And you can become president of the United States. Wow. There's a lot of countries that that cannot happen. Even if you think it can, no, you know, it can't. it can't, they know where you're from. They know, you know, so this place is, it's a very interesting experiment. Uh, it's and new, it's new and it's young. It's new. It's, it's only young.
0: what two two hundred, three hundred years. Yeah, two hundred eighty seven years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing. It's it's, it's two grandparents away. And also, <laughs> the <laughs> thing is, crazy. the
1: thing is that uh, this is a country of immigrants. Um, compared to other countries where they have, they have their culture.
0: For well, they have their 2000
1: years, like in right. Romania and Poland and Germany and England and Russia and China, you know, and, when, India. Right. and,
0: and they have their race, they have a race.
1: Um, uh, well, you know. Race is a is an interesting topic. We can maybe have another uh, have have more of a Joe Rogan experience maybe uh, in a couple of weeks or something. would would be great to talk about. Right,
0: but what I mean by because is I've had the topic. Some where it's people
1: like, say there's no such thing as race. I mean, race no, no, as a as a thing is not that. real.
0: What I mean is probably the word is wrong. But what I mean is, is ethnicity. Like, uh, yes, if if Russia goes into war, for example. Russian people have a Mother Russia and sure. they are Russian people and Russian blood and and they will give everything. Yeah, America- but if you're from
1: if you're from from a country that used to be part of Russia or you are a minority a Russia a Russian minority who's been Russian for a very long time, are you Russian or are you Mongolian? you know, there's a lot of racism towards Mongolians in Russia. Understood. But they right. were Russians for right. a long time. Let's right. say not Russians. Well, well,
0: I'm talking about like, th- like there is, there is proud. Well, I guess that's the same thing. As I say, yeah. proud Italians, like Italians that are like, hey, what are, that. what are Italians? You know, you know, but exactly, you, 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 had, you had
1: the Arabs there for 200 years in Southern Italy and a lot of the blood in Southern Italy is Arab. And if you say that to really? a Southern Italian, they're gonna, they're not gonna be happy. Yeah. But you're like, Why? It's part of your culture of course you know there's the northern Italians the southern Italians there's that whole thing who's an Italian how you know what's an Italian if you had people if you had the Moors if you had you know another culture invade you for 200 years and everybody started getting mixed what's an Italian? Are you a Roman like Caesar was back in the day? No you're not you're not the same kind of people you know uh, I'm I was born Jewish I'm my parents are Israeli you know. Does this, I mean, except for the, the Jufro and the nose, which is more European, you know, more... The Jufro. This is the Jufro. Yeah, this is the biblical, the only biblical thing that's left yeah. of our people, you yeah. know? And But uh, <laughs> it's true, it's true. But the thing is that, you know, people will say, well, you're not really a Jew because you're white. And, you know, they come from the Middle East. I'm like, yeah, but is it a culture? Is it a race? I don't know. We've been carrying this for two thousand plus years, you know, wherever my ancestors were in the world, we carried this with us and we didn't let it go. So I don't know. So that's the same thing. What is an ethnicity? Right. What is a culture? You know? Right. Like in Russia, they were all atheists, right? During the during the the USSR, supposedly. Russians are some of the most some of the most religious people I've ever seen in my life. I toured with them. You think all of a sudden, as soon as, as Glassnosed happened, and as soon as Gorbachev, uh, uh, you know, stopped, uh, you know, as soon as it stopped being the USSR and started and became Russia again, all of a sudden everybody became religious again? No. No, They They were just underground. of course. It was all underground, and they all still prayed to Jesus, and they were all still Christians, you know? So what is, um. what is an ethnicity? What is it? So here... Yeah, because we're all mixed here in the West. There's a lot more mixing compared to over there, where it's much more tribal. Even a Russian will say, "Oh, you're from this part of Russia, are you?" You know, here it's like, "Oh, yeah, my dad's Mexican, my mom's Guatemalan, my grandma is is German, my grandpa." Person that
0: raised me was white. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. You
1: know. So that's the difference with the with the American project, and right. the thing is that, and, the- and,
0: and you have everybody living so close to each other. You have Muslim and the neighbors Christian and right. the neighbors Jewish and
1: That's a good thing though. Yeah, no it's great. That's a good thing. It's great. Because there's more but, segregation but it, in other countries in neighborhoods. Right. That I
0: noticed. But it also it also is part of the reason. Again, we can go back and forth right. on anything, but it's also part of the reason why you see so much crazy shit in in the United States. You know, like you look at the citizen app or you look at anything and you're just like, dude, there's like a shooting uh, a fight, uh, stabbing, a robbery, like all the time there's something going on.
1: Well, when you look at the laws in California, there's a problem simply because you can steal and not get even charged. Right. So that's. You Which have
0: was to, a big problem people are in desperate. San Francisco, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's everywhere now. Well,
0: it's San Francisco is a big problem. It's a big because problem. Because they promoted it. That was the problem. What do you mean they promoted what part? They promoted it on newspapers, on the news, uh, on television. Like as positive? On, or? No, they promoted saying we will not arrest anybody that steals oh, anything right. for, of $999 and under. Right. And literally just people were walking in stores. With calculators. With calculators yeah. and shopping yeah. carts and filling it up and walking out with stuff. So that that, that was, it, it was a big problem that it was happening, but it was even a bigger problem, I believe, that they were promoting it.
1: Yeah, there's also no bail now. Right. So people skip court. Right. What, but, you know, bail also is a problem right. in they were some just ways. Booking. They
0: were just booking people. And, and then you're on a dollar right. bail. And the whole jail system is another problem because it's just a fucking business you yeah. know, of like having minimal. What, what what was the stat? There was a stat saying United States is 5% of the population and it has 70% of the world's prisoners.
1: No, I think it's 25% of the world's prisoners. I don't think it's 70
0: I think it was 70. No, I, I don't wish think I think so. it. I think it's a quarter,
1: popula- a quarter of the world's go population, a quarter of the prison population. I'm going to go back to
0: that and check yeah. that out, but I I, I I, think it was something ridiculous. I, actually, here. Go ahead. You no, know, go ahead, fill it no, in. No, you do
1: it. But uh, yeah, no, the, the thing is with prisons, um, the system in the United States is not based on rehabilitation. Other countries have much stronger rehabilitation programs. Um, in the United States, it's a punitive program. It's a punishment program. So that makes things a little bit different. If you go to Europe, Scandinavian countries, you know, um, the treatment of the prisoners is different, but the entire culture is different. You can't just look at one thing. No. You know, so it's hard. No. Because here when it's like, listen, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I grew up poor and now I'm very, very rich and everybody can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and this, and then you have other people saying, yeah, well, there's systemic racism and there's systemic poverty and poverty is not something that you can just crawl out of. Right. And then you have other people say, yeah, well, I was a street I was living on the street as a kid and now I'm a millionaire so don't tell me that it's not possible
0: right
1: so this is it, it, it's, it's, it's very
0: complicated it's complicated it's very complicated mm-hmm. I think um, I think Arnold said it and uh, I, I don't know if it was Arnold I forgot who said it but somebody was saying there's no such thing as a self-made man it, it just doesn't exist it, it's, right. it's 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 a community. And it's support, and it's you know, your people, history, your history, your connections, your connections. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's always something. No, nobody yeah. by themselves. Sure. You know, and I and it was Arnold because Arnold was talking about when he came here. He came here with whatever two, three, four, five bucks, but he went to his local fucking gym. And when it was Thanksgiving, it was everybody from the gym that came over and brought a table and brought right. chairs and brought a turkey and right. You know, it, it was community, and, and, I, yeah. and, and I and I and I like that, but it's 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 not. It's not come here and become you know, whatever successful, you want, which but they do sell that story to the world. But uh, but I will tell you, a lot of people that come into America can become seem. Again, I don't know what the stats are. I'm just talking about people right. that I know. But I, I I have seen more people come into this into America. And become successful or make something out of themselves, yeah. Compared to people that I I grew up with, sure. which I'm like, Dude, no, the, you, the statistics you, you've are there. Stuck at the same job for twenty years. The statistics because, are there because because there's something about when you're raised here. There's this whole system of manipulation of like you have to be a good employee, you have to show up on time, you have to do this. Just just you know don't they don't teach about credit, get in debt, and and that's the American life. Sure. And there's people that come into this country and are like, what? There's loans and business loans and I can start this and I could start that and there's, oh my God. And, and, and a lot of foreigners that come here within five, 10 years have their own business.
1: Yeah, I think I think that the CEOs in the US, I think there's a huge disproportion of CEOs in large, large, very, very um, uh, successful companies who are foreigners. Just look at, uh, you know, uh, Bryn, from Google, there's uh, the guy who head, uh, but the guy who heads Google now is uh, South Asian. Uh, a lot of the smaller companies that become very, very lucrative and are sold to the bigger companies are started by people from other countries.
0: Wait, what is that? The B nine eleven visa or something like that? Um, B- I think what?
1: it's the H.
0: Or eight, yeah. you, have, so you have to there's start, a special visa the whole
1: visa system here is very interesting. I learned a lot because I have a very, very exclusive visa. So I learned a lot about how to get into this country on a work visa, student visa, marriage visa, whatever, how it works. And uh, it's very interesting. Uh, they come in on an H1
0: or a B1? H1.
1: Or a B1. Uh, I think- one is for seasonal workers and one is for skilled workers. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, And then they apply for a green card after. Mm. So the the whole visa system here is, uh, I mean, people, you know, would kill to get a visa. I mean, the way I I got a visa, I didn't even, I didn't even, I'm not sponsored. I'm self-sponsored, which is unheard of for a visa. You have to have a company sponsor you. But, you know, the State Department looked at my case and they said, you have extraordinary ability. You've worked for some amazing people. You've been you know you've been a judge for internationally known uh, culinary associations you're on the board of directors of a uh, uh, of a women's philanthropic culinary group blah 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 and i just my whole history i mean the lawyer built this amazing case uh, amazing history of my life and it's hard to believe that uh that you think that you're just doing good, you're volunteering in Broward County in Florida when I was on the yachts and we had off time, I couldn't work because I didn't have a work visa, I would volunteer. So I volunteered as a cooking teacher in the Broward School Board, in the Broward School System with a fantastic company called Flippany. Um, It's uh, Florida introduces physical activity and nutrition to youth. Uh, I'm still in contact with them, amazing. So I worked with them for years. And because of that, it was a huge shining star on my cv for the state department so people should think that this stuff does help them not just helps them inside but helps them move their career forward as well so people who have to get a sponsor and all that it is tough it's hard work you have to keep your nose down and you have to keep your head down and keep your nose clean and do whatever they want or they can revoke that from you so it's also exploited a lot in tech And all sorts of other industries where people come from India, come from China, they come to work in universities and they are, you know, they don't have the freedom that I have that I can work for any employer because I'm self-sponsored. They're sponsored by a university. They're sponsored by, um, you know, a company and they know that they can be exploited, but they still persevere. And And then, you know, they go, it's okay. It's only 10 years. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's only, 10, it's only years. 10 years then I'm gonna you know and then they open their own businesses and their children are like incredibly successful and because when you're hungry the world looks different when you have a little bit of desperation you know um, I left home very early I separated basically from my family very young um, here and there I would you know see them go back but everything I was basically on my own so so you know, I was a punk, hardcore kid in Montreal, basically like a street kid, you know, Mohawk. And and those, yeah. oh yeah, and those people are still my friends. All those people from back then, a lot of them are still in the scene and they go see festivals and we meet up sometimes to see, you know, there was a Montreal, big Montreal festival called 77. And I went there a couple of years and I saw these old friends and still, you know, so you can move forward if you have a vision, which is something I never had. You know, I have no ambition. I never had ambition in my life. I just had to work to live. And then everything just grew, which is wild. Most people have these plans, these ambitions. I'm like, whatever, man. Just put me in a kitchen. I don't care. (laughs) And then these things would happen. You know, these things would start to happen. And I'm like, whatever. You would show up. Yeah. And I would just do it. And then the clients got bigger and bigger. The jobs got bigger and bigger. The pay got higher and higher. I became more and more respected. So I think with these immigrants it's the same thing they're really hungry they're hungry for success for their children
0: well here's here's the thing it, 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 if you get here there's a huge sacrifice that you took just to get here i and and, and for and, most and, people and, yeah and and for most people and i understand that and i get that what what i'm also trying to say is is that the mindset of a person that grew up here that's been kind of protected and kind of, you know, uh, hasn't had that struggle. Right. You know, somebody that struggles is going to fucking be more looking for a way to stop struggling than a person that never really struggled. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Struggle
1: doesn't hurt. You know, it doesn't hurt.
0: Right. American struggle. And it's like, especially in California or something like that. Like if you're a home, I don't want to talk shit. I'm joking, but I'm not, but I am joking. If you're homeless in California with this weather, not a big fucking deal. Well, that's why everybody comes here. <laughs> that's why everybody comes here. Because if you're homeless anywhere in, else, in Detroit, in Buffalo, you're, you're fucked. You're you, gonna die. die. Yeah. yeah. In you'll,
1: Montreal, people pass out drunk right. in a snow in a snow mound, and they wake up. They have to have their legs amputated. You know, they're gonna move wow. to Vancouver. So they move to Vancouver because wow. Vancouver's the warmest place in Canada. Wow. And that's why they have a massive. You know, unhoused, drug addicted population there—one of the biggest in North America.
0: That's crazy. Like. And, and here, and here, like, I was in Santa Monica. This was years ago. I was in Santa Monica. There was a guy on a on a newer iPhone than me, and he was like, "Hey, man, you got change, man?" I was like, "Well, they hustle." Like, you know, exactly. No, they hustle. And and I've said this before. There is a mobish kind of thing going on here with the homeless. I don't know if you know about that. What do you mean? Well. Every homeless person that's asking for money by the freeways, it's always the same homeless at the same corner. Oh, so it's organized crime. It's it's organized crime. So you're contributing
1: to like, they're like on the hook for drug money and they make them go out and beg. Exactly. Or women with like babies. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Organized crime. I mean, people don't realize that, but yeah. that's been going on in L.A. for a long time. And this is why you always see the same person at the same time and you never see any conflict. And if you pay attention, you know, two blocks down, you see somebody else watching that person. And you know. But
1: that's really sad. Yeah. You well, know? it's terrible. I mean, it's a lot of times people talk about, you know, people who are poor who are allowed to get um, something on food stamps or not allowed to get something on food stamps. You know what? I look at it this way. Everybody has the right to choose what they want with with their with with what they have. I'm not a bleeding heart kind of person. I'm a kind of a rough person. But if somebody wants to buy booze with with their food stamps, I don't see a problem with that. I I, I would rather they didn't, just for their own health. But if they're like an autonomous person with access to these funds, they're an addict. I mean you know what I mean?
0: I I do, and I, I it's kinda, like they have I'm, to have some I'm, freedom somewhere. I'm, I'm I mean, they're not they're that? not
1: going anywhere. Yeah, they're no, not going no. anywhere in I'm, their I'm, life. I, I, they're going to that. die sick. I get alone, that. poor. You know, people start arguing. You see, what's weird is you it, can't get this on food stamps. You can get this. Who do you think you are getting lobster, getting scallops on food
0: stamps? Who, you see that that that, that who shouldn't. Who cares? Matter. Food is food. Who cares? I, 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 I understand that part, but you know? the alcohol part, like for example. I, I do believe drugs should be legalized because right. you're not preventing people from doing drugs. All you're doing is making it harder to get drugs. Whoever's going to do drugs is still going to do drugs. Right. And now you made shitty drugs available instead of having controlled good drugs that were tested, like weed is now. Uh, but having food stamps, fuck it. If you want lobster, you should get lobster. If you want chicken nuggets, get chicken nuggets. That's uh, that, that shouldn't matter. But to get alcohol with your food stamps... I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't does, know what
1: does this guy have in his life? Nothing. Well, let's just say, He wants to get drunk. Well, here's let him the, here, get drunk.
0: But here's the thing. I'm thinking about this way. Let's say... This is what I visualize of somebody that's taking food stamps. It's probably a family that's down on their luck. Okay? Because I'm thinking a mother, husband, and a kid and collect food stamps. All Not right? necessarily. Well, that's... Because that's there's I'm a think. lot of
1: single mothers here. So. Well, there's
0: a lot of single mothers. So let's say... Okay, perfect. Uh... Single mom, child collecting food stamps, living, blah, right? Well, what's gonna stop her, her, shitty boyfriend, from stealing her food stamps to buy alcohol?
1: That's not your problem. It's not your problem.
0: No. Yeah.
1: I mean, no, we're no, we're just too nosy. Who cares? I mean, it hurts because she's in a abu- in an abusive relationship. She's with him for whatever. Who cares why she's with him? You
0: know, we. we no, I don't care why she's with yeah. him. I'm just scared that. Now the guy has a motive to steal her food stamps to buy alcohol, so
1: he can steal the food stamps and sell them for cash—fifty cents on the dollar, whatever it is, whatever the going right, rate is now. Which
0: happens now, yeah.
1: I mean, you know, Tide is locked up in the supermarket here in California because Tide, yeah, because Tide is currency.
0: I thought it was because kids were fucking no. doing the things. No, other pods it. aren't
1: locked up, and the liquid Tide is also
0: locked up. So fucking crazy.
1: Tide is currency for for c- contraband. You can Because it's so highly regarded as a trading, you know, as a type of currency, it's locked up. I That's mean, wild. think about that. A, a crack dealer is going to take Tide That's instead wild. of money. Yeah.
0: Okay, let, let's jump off this topic because yeah. we're getting short on time. I just want to ask you one thing. Uh, what's, about what I'm doing now? <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant? What are your favorite restaurants?
1: Oh, my gosh. I don't know many restaurants here.
0: Well, yeah, because you fucking cook for yourself. That's yeah, general.
1: I don't really. I'll eat like a sandwich. You know, I cook for other people. But um, let me think. What's my favorite restaurant?
0: Or cuisine.
1: Uh, I love Asian fusion cuisine. I cooked it for a long time at a restaurant. I love it. I love Asian flavors in inside non-Asian foods. Um, I love just Asian food in general. Um, I love when it's... Being in Japan, you know, it's all very subtle compared to all the flavors here that they put in Asian food. There, everything is super subtle, beautiful and delicate. Mm -hmm. Um, I love traditional French food. I love it. I love making it. It's so difficult to make. I love eating it. I love seeing it. It's just beautiful. Uh, I love traditional French desserts. um, That I enjoy very, very much. Like and and, you know, just... You know, like, um, how do you call them? Um, anyway. The long eclairs. Uh, I love oh, eclairs. I love making eclairs because they're so hard and you have to, like, for them to be beautiful. And Yeah. But here in California, I haven't been to enough restaurants to know. I really haven't.
0: I, I don't know if they have and one. And now
1: I'm keto. I've been keto for a while. It's it's kind of tough. Yeah. So I just go grab meat. I went to Mussos and Frank's, which is a block from my house. Yeah. Uh, it's a steakhouse, like, uh, since the 19... 19- tens here. I think it's the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. I mean, I had a beautiful filet and some asparagus and it was just solid keto food. So good, but that's just meat and meat and veg, you know, cause that's what I eat now. Yeah. But, uh, there's a lot of great restaurants in, in California. There's places here that I've read about just amazing, um, um, Asian places, small spaces. Um, there's beautiful, um, like, which is becoming very popular, per- Peruvian restaurants, places like that. But you know,
0: Peruvian w- restaurants always been good. You when know. I'm
1: off the the keto, I'll, uh, I'll I'll try it again. You know, definitely. But now, uh, yeah, now I'm I'm leaving for a couple of months, so I won't be be able to try anything. But uh, uh, yeah, so that's it. So I'm gonna be uh, heading on tour. Actually, I'm, I just got hired to work for a very uh, prestigious, incredibly popular. Um, um, musical artist. That's
0: so, fucking yeah, exciting.
1: That's pretty wild. It's pretty wild, yeah. So I leave on Wednesday for New York, so that'll be great.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And I'm looking forward to coming back with more stories.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Thanks Thank so five. much. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Thank you.